It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was a tale of two halves for the Bengals in Tampa Bay. And eventually they come out on top after a dominant second half. Let's get into it. You are locked on Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So if you're new to the show as the Bengals make their playoff push, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, and we will have you covered every step of the way on that journey today's episode of lockdown bengals is brought to you by linkedin jobs they'll help you find candidates faster especially those you want to talk to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl and james like i said at the top of the show really a tale of two halves in this game the first half a bit of a disaster for the bengals and the second half a bit more than a bit of a disaster for the tampa bay buccaneers who go five straight drives with turnovers either on downs or by fumble or interception. And the Bengals started, what, four, five straight drives in the second half in Tampa Bay territory. Almost the entire second half was played Mm -hmm. on Tampa's side of the field, which is not where you want to be. No, it's uh, (laughs) – it it was wild. I ask all all the players that that I talk to about that, from Burrow to Boyd, have you ever had that many short fields – and they laughed and had it said no in one way or the other. And it's wild. Self-destruction by the Buccaneers. Now, you give the Bengals credit for forcing those yes. turnovers, right? Jermaine Pratt's interception was just insane. Mm-hmm. The fact that he was able to keep that from hitting the ground. Trey Flowers stepping up. You, you got guys forcing fumbles. Osai with the, uh, the the recovery there on one reader with another. Um, it was uh, – look, it was a – a complete team win and during the six game win streak and really this season, but certainly during the six game win streak, they've won a bunch of different ways. And this was a, a new way. They tied a season high four turnovers forced burrow didn't put up huge numbers, but they were effective in the red zone. And, and after what was a, a weird, ugly start, where it's like, uh Oh, that's the Brady. We remember the Bengals. They, uh, they recovered and they did it shorthanded. Yeah. No Hubbard. Cam Taylor Britt went out. No Hendrickson, obviously. No Mike Hilton. And and, and we're still able to uh to step up on defense after not being able to stop the, the Bucks at all in the first half. I mean, whatever Lou Anarumo does at halftime, it, it's it continues to be uh a topic how well they can adjust uh, to, to the game, to what opposing offenses are doing. And obviously they had a ton of success in the second half. Yeah, in the first half, you're right. It looked like vintage Brady. I think I even tweeted it. It's like, this is what Tom Brady's offenses have always looked like. Efficient. The running backs are always, you know, involved and in, in playing well. Leonard Fournette was having a really nice game, and the Bengals are having a hard time tackling him. And then in the second half, the Bucks go turnover on downs, four plays, minus one yard. I think that is on uh, the, the fake punt. Yep. So, so fake punt, they, they go for it from deep in their own territory. The Bengals have a 20-yard field, 16-yard field. They get one first down, then they stalled out. Next play, interception. 
Uh, and this is the Trey Flowers pick on a pass intended for Cameron Brait. Really nice play for Trey Flowers. He's continuing to be used in that role. Man coverage on tight ends. Comes away with the pick. The Bengals go 31 yards on seven plays for a touchdown. Yep. Next drive, Tom Brady strip sack. I believe it was DJ Reader forcing the fumble, although it might have been credited in the box score to Logan Wilson. I think it was corrected it was to DJ Reader. It was Reader who forced yeah. the fumble. A little twist that involved Logan Wilson on a blitz. He gets home to Brady before he can get rid of the ball. The Bengals go five plays, 13 yards, touchdown. Next drive, three plays, botched handoff. DJ Reader falls on a fumble. Bengals take over at the 39. This is four straight drives starting in Tampa Bay territory. Eight plays, 39 yards, touchdown. Next play is another Tom Brady interception. This is the Jermaine Pratt play. Pratt. The Bengals don't capitalize on that one, but... I mean, that's, that's incredible. That they already had the lead. Of possessions. They, yeah, at this point, they're winning 27-17. Yeah. yeah. And, and to rally back, I mean, set, it was 17 nothing. You get three at the end of the, the first half. And then just Which, turnover, 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 turnover. It, but, uh, go ahead. Even that drive at the end of the first half left something on the field to me for the Bengals. Like, they got points, which was important, and, and it got them going a little bit, and it helped – you know, if you believe in momentum, build momentum in the second half, but Tyler Boyd not going out of bounds. The, the throw, the check down to Samaj P. Ryan, the decision to throw well, that ball, the and then and then P. Ryan not going out of bounds. Both of those could have saved time and given them shots at the end zone, and, and instead they kick a field goal. But it's still important to get points, but, man, even that could have been better in the first half. It could have. And it was weird because everything was working. And then you had the tip. By the way, it wasn't a tip right at the line. Yeah, the second a safety level. did it. This isn't. Yeah, this is different than the other ones. And Twitter melted down. Oh, my gosh, Burrow in these pads. I mean, all right, it's a, a safety coming up and, and making a play. But that just derailed everything. Mm-hmm. And th- this offense, they did find a little something at the end of the, the first half. But you give them short fields like that, and uh, good luck to any defense trying to stop an offense. And in the Bengals, they had to settle for three initially. I, I think a lot of people were surprised that they did and, and, and settled for three there and, and didn't go for it to, to make it 17-6. But the turnovers just kept on coming. And so we, where I was sitting in the press box, I was in that end zone. Mm-hmm. And both teams were on that side of the field the entire third quarter. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, a wild third quarter that that really set the tone, set the pace, and it, you know, it was 20 to 17 at the end of three, but the Bengals were driving after that. Uh, another turnover. It was after the second fumble recovery. And, and that's when, you know, they, they were seizing momentum and, and going to put the game away. I I think one thing, there are reason bad teams are bad. And I know the Bucs uh, technically lead a division, but Todd Bull's decision to run a fake punt there, it's questionable because it, it let the Bengals right back in the game and your defense was, was playing pretty well it, against the Bengals. It, it also worked, except Giovanni Bernard didn't catch the snap. The, the play was there. It, it was going to be converted if Giovanni Bernard, whether he was aware of the play call or not, it looked like maybe they he said he was. was yeah, they said he was. I don't think he knew. He, he looked I don't think very he uncomfortable answering questions in the locker room. I don't know if you saw this video. Didn't look like he wanted to answer questions. Somebody told him they wouldn't hold him. He looked to a and, and then there was like a Buccaneers media staff nearby who was like, just ask your question. And then Gio just looks at the guy over his shoulder and gives him this incredulous look. Like he was heated. 
that this guy's like, yeah, go ahead and ask the question. And then he took some questions. Anyway, he said it was his fault. And he just kept cutting off questions saying it was on me. It was my fault. It was my fault. It was nobody else's fault. It was my fault. Uh, anyway, it didn't work because he didn't catch it, but it was there. And I was even thinking before the play, honestly, James, and I didn't tweet it in time. Might want to watch for the fake punt here. They've been going for it and they haven't been going for it all year until this game. And then Todd Bowles started going for it in this game a lot more. Yeah. I, I thought that they might, I mean, because the way they were moving the ball, mm-hmm. they hadn't punted and the, their only stop for the Bengals in the first half was a missed field goal. So the yeah. only time that the bucks didn't get points. And that was such a big drive to go one way or the other. And look, I get it. I don't think Gio knew it was coming And Giovanni Bernard is, uh, is still helping out the Bengals all these years yeah. later, you know, <laughs> doing, doing things in Florida that helped the Bengals. Just, you know, go back to the Miami Thursday night. Was that, that was in Miami, right? Yeah. Wasn't that, that was a road game. Uh, the, the first half, though, so strange, right? They, they, they're moving the ball in the first drive. Even the tipped pass that was intercepted, like that play is there. It's a run pass option. They, they go and, and Burrow pulls it and throws to Chase. If, if the second level defender doesn't get his hand on the ball, that's another first down. It looks really easy for them on that first drive. Mm-hmm. And then you have Joe Burrow taking a sack and then you have Joe Burrow taking a first down sack and, and just like some weird brain dead moments for this offense throughout this game. And obviously they did enough in the second half to score 31 points. So, you know, how bad could it have been in the second half? But the first half was a really weird time for this team. And I think we've said it before. There comes a point where you, you squander too many opportunities and, and then you, you you don't have enough time left in the game. This time, though, with all the turnovers, they did have enough time and they made it happen. So we'll continue chatting about some of the big moments in this game, some of the big players that stepped up in just a minute. First, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. We all know that at this point. When it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck and like it's hard to find the solution. But therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of those challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills and what makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of a complex engine called you is their experience in giving you those tools. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists because it's convenient, it's secure, and it's accessible anywhere 100% online. Everyone deserves to feel their best and BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. You're going to fill out a questionnaire that connects you with the therapist that is right for you. And if you're not feeling the fit, it's super easy to change to somebody new as well. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. You'll learn more and save 10% on your first month right now at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Today's show also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Make sure you Check out LinkedIn Jobs because, look, every potential hire these days, it can feel like a high-stakes wager. You don't want to invest time, money, resources in the wrong candidates and the wrong employees. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates. That's why you need LinkedIn Jobs. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview, who you'd like to hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free 
at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And there were a number of, of stars in this game. And we'll get to a game ball a little bit later, but <laughs> there's a couple things about this game that are really thematic for the Bengals season. Guys mm-hmm. stepping up, Trey Flowers, Jermaine Pratt. Jermaine Pratt, by the way, having an insane contract here on an absolute tear right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Burrow spreading the ball around. All three of his receivers and Mitchell Wilcox scoring touchdowns in this game. And resiliency. The other one is their ability to ice games. And and two of them that are the most impressive to me and have been constant for this team throughout the year are resilience and and the ability to ice games. Yeah. The entire Twitterverse, the Bengals Twitterverse at halftime is melting down. And a lot of people saying, man, this reminds me of the Browns game. First drive, tipped, interception. The offense looks stuck. The defense is giving up points. Mm-hmm. This game's going to end. You know, Tampa's going to go score 35 points. They're going to score their most points of the season. The Bengals are going to score 17 if they're lucky. To me, it wasn't great, and I did think they were running out of time a little bit there, the way things were going. But the Bengals have a really good offense. And the Buccaneers scored the second most points of the season in this game with mm-hmm. 23. And that t- that took a, a garbage time touchdown in the fourth quarter when the game was over. So I, I think that this is another sign that the Bengals are a pretty good team. I think the Buccaneers are certainly flawed, but they're only two years removed from a Super Bowl, a year removed from the NFC Championship game, still have Tom Brady in the building, still have a lot of those players there. But I think this is another feather in the Bengals cap on, on this recent six game win streak that shows that they are legitimately a good football team as they get to 10 wins uh, two weeks earlier, I think, than last year. Yeah. They were eight and six at this point last year. Correct. Yeah. Uh, for real quick, just so the Twitter trolls don't come after you, the Bucks they, they were not in the NFC title game last year. They, they got eliminated in the divisional round. Oh, yeah. But to your point, I never thought. I didn't think it was going to be 35-3. I just, I, I didn't. It did, to me, I thought they were going to make a play. I was concerned about the defense getting stops. And not only did they get stops, they didn't force a punt until midway through the fourth quarter because they were all turnovers. And it's such a a unique game that way where it's, if they play this game 10 times, the Bengals probably win, what, eight of them, nine of them? But this is the one wacky one where, they were getting outplayed, and the Bucks gave it up because you know they're kicking themselves for all of those turnovers. Mm-hmm. And in this Bengals team, they they are they're resilient and and they don't flinch. And that's that's such a unique thing for for team like you're down seventeen nothing, and it, it doesn't feel like there's panic or shell shock or, or any of that. I, in fact, I think a lot of the crowd was shocked. Bucks fans wise shocked at the start that Tampa Bay got off to. And, and oh, so yeah. you, you allowed them to get into it. You allowed the crowd to get into it some, and you were still able to flip momentum, which is really tough to do on the road. I mean, that's what happened in Cleveland is it just, it kind of gets away from you. Well, well, the Bengals didn't let that happen today, despite being shorthanded and dealing with more injuries and all of those things. And I don't know where it starts. I, I, I guess it would say, you'd say Zach Taylor, right? Uh, talk to Tyler Boyd afterwards and, 
He said, man, Joe Burrow is just the same always. Mm-hmm. He says, but he thinks Burrow gets more dialed in when they're down and is just so locked in that that calmness that he brings just – it calms everybody. It certainly keeps a, a Boyd confident and, and relaxed. And obviously they were able to, to get things going. I mean, this is the first game ever where Chase, Boyd, Higgins all scored a touchdown. And they didn't have huge gaudy numbers, but first game ever for that. Uh, one more quick thing. Jamar Chase was not happy with the officials after the game. No. And, and, and he said, man, I was getting hold. I was getting held all the time. And, you know, he had seven catches for 60 yards on 13 targets, but I get it. And I, I asked him what he said to the official on, on the one near the end zone. He wouldn't tell me, but I'm sure it was, it wasn't necessarily nice. That's one where his face mask got grabbed. Correct. Yeah. And they didn't call it. And then yeah. Burrow gets sacked the next play for the third. Yeah. That was insane. That, no. that stretch of sequence was not like, you have Burrow dropping it in the bucket for Jamar Chase. Should have been a touchdown catch. He gets face masks, almost catches it anyway. You can see the helmet turn on his head as he's trying to right. catch the ball. Yep. And maybe it's not pass interference, but it's a face mask. Because maybe it's after, you know, the ball gets there, it's bang, bang. Maybe maybe it's not early, but it's still illegal. You can't just yeah. grab somebody's face mask and turn their helmet when they're trying to catch a football. Actually, you can't do it at any time. So uh, he rightfully upset. And then the very next play, is this is just an example of guys doing uncharacteristically weird, silly things in this game. Joe Burrow trying to make a play on third down ends up running like 23 yards backwards to the 50, taking the team well out of field goal range. This could be because oh, he saw a, saw a flag. Maybe. He might have seen, and, and he might have seen Jamar Chase get held. He might have seen the flag come out. If he didn't, <laughs> what, what oh, are we doing, Joe? Just throw it. Just throw it. Yeah, just throw that thing away. Throw it to the throw it at Brady. You know? Anyway, they get the call. Right? Well, I mean, you run back to the 50. How are you getting it back to the line of scrimmage? You have to eat the sack at that point. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, you can't risk like not getting it out of bounds and throwing a pick or something. Uh, they get the penalty. They, they, they are okay. But, man, what a crazy, crazy sequence that is. All the Bucks turnovers, crazy sequences, just a lot of wild moments in this game. Yep, wild. And look – the good news is, is when you, when things are going well, you can overcome the wild, right? If, if that makes sense. And the Bengals rolling right now, and it's just that they're confident and that they were able to overcome the the ugly part of, parts of this game. The Bucks are the opposite, right? Their struggle, it's struggle by city. So when you go through those moments of adversity, usually it snowballs and it's really hard to stop. And the Bengals were able to take advantage of that and continue to put the pressure on and make big plays and, and get after Brady a little bit despite being shorthanded and also gifted with the Leonard Fournette exchange. Like, that's a gift. You, you didn't do anything there, but recover it. But, heck, you take it and, and you uh, take advantage of it, and they did uh, to, to go up 10 there. So it's a very unique game. I'll say that. U- unique game, to say the least. But uh, the Bengals, first place. In the mm-hmm. AFC North, stand for the alone. first time this season, yeah, stand alone. There's no, there's no Baltimore. They're behind them now, and uh, something that I'll give you credit for, Jake. A few weeks ago, you were talking about the one seed. In, I said, oh yeah, Bengals players have mentioned it a little bit. Oh no, that's clearly in their sights now. Is trying to make this this push for a one seed, and they're thinking about winning these next three games. And if they do that, they're gonna have a really good shot, no doubt. The Texans almost gave the Bengals a chance to control their own destiny. Almost. 
as far as the one seed is concerned, didn't quite happen. We'll continue our post-game discussion and get to some game balls to give out. And I I have some props to give to some players on the Buccaneers team as well. We don't usually do that. It's really mostly one player, but we'll get there to finish up the show in addition to those game balls. First, this episode of Locked on Bengals brought to you by Prize Picks. And Prize Picks, as we've told you, is daily fantasy done right? You just pick two to five players and whether they will score more or less in their prize picks projection. That's all you do. It'll take you 60 seconds or less to get an entry in and you can win up to 10 times your money if you hit all of those guesses. Prize picks offers projections for any sport you watch, whether it's the NFL, NBA, college football, as we get into the college football playoff, men's college basketball, or even cricket. For all those cricket fans watching Locked On Bengals, safe and fast withdrawals available with Prize Picks, currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. You can download the Prize Picks app right now or go to prizepicks.com to sign up for daily fantasy sports. And first time users will get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If it's $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget. That's from a code locked on when you sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 with prize picks. Now I have to tell you about Schultz and Sons because it's the official jeweler of the Locked On Bengals podcast. And it isn't just diamonds. You've heard us talk about Schultz and Sons a lot here on Locked On Bengals. It's not just diamonds with them. They have awesome colored gemstones, a wide selection. Maybe you're looking for a birthstone or something to uh, extenuate accentuate excuse me a special outfit you wanted to match you got that burrow swag well all you got to do is get the schultz and sons they have everything you need and you're looking for a last minute gift idea it is christmas week just go there go there it's on dixie highway 2202 dixie highway in fort mitchell right across the bridge about 10 minutes from the uh paycor stadium i almost said paul brown stadium jake but i did not it you gotta get them and you gotta get after it this week don't delay any longer the good news is they have plenty in stock for you right now at schultz and sons easy on easy off and easy to find that special gift with schultz and sons whether it is a diamond or a gemstone or maybe you're looking for a custom piece they have you covered so go there now schultz and sons and remember when it has to be perfect it has to be schultz and sons the bengal second half of this game on paper had to be perfect Turns out the Bucks made it a little bit easier. Didn't have to be entirely perfect, but they were pretty close to it. 31 second half points for the Cincinnati Bengals, giving up just a garbage time touchdown. Mm-hmm. And on their way, you have DJ Reader coming up with a fumble recovery. DJ Reader with a forced fumble. Jermaine Pratt with a really impressive interception off, the, off a tipped pass. And finally, the Bengals defense completes the takeaway on one of those tipped passes at the line of scrimmage. It happened against another team. It also happened against Joe Burrow, even though it was a little bit different this week. But Jermaine Pratt coming up with that pick. Joe Burrow ends up throwing four touchdown passes, takes two sacks early, doesn't get sacked the rest of the way, takes some hits, stands in there. Some, uh, some good contenders here for our game ball because really it was a very – Team effort kind of game. It was. Which way do you go, James? Jamar Chase, seven, seven, seven catches on 15 targets. Sorry, 13 targets for 60 yards. Is, is he the is he the winner? No, no, he's not. And not, not, not that he doesn't deserve it or any of those guys. It's got to be the defense. And I'm going to go Zach Taylor on you. 
The whole defense is getting a Schultz and Sons game ball today. And I don't know exactly who get, who Zach gave game balls to. He might have given it to the whole defense, by the way. So if I just stole it, Zach's idea, then there you go. I've, I haven't watched their video yet. I know they posted it. But if I had to say one specific person, give me Logan Wilson. This dude is a tackle machine. I mean, what, what's up with him? He, nine solo, 15 combined tackles, had the sack that we talked about, two quarterback hits, was uh, was all over. Now, was he perfect? No, but anytime you're getting that many tackles, and then you might as well just give it to both linebackers because Jermaine Pratt, you're right, is playing insane. And so that's what's tough. I'd give it to the whole defense, but if it's just going to be a couple of guys, let's give it to those uh, those two linebackers, double nickel, 55, Logan Wilson, and 57, G Pratt, playoff P, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, I think Jermaine Pratt, man, seven an incredible contract here. Uh, really good game for him, I think, generally. I also do want to, as always, make sure DJ Reader gets his love. We, we've talked about the the fumble recovery, the forced fumble. He also had some plays in the run game. And they, they did it, like you mentioned, James, shorthanded. Sam Hubbard had a calf injury during the week, aggravated that calf injury in this game. Hopefully it isn't too serious for him, but – Reports are that he was in a boot after the game. Cam Taylor-Britt left the game as well, so Alan George came up off the practice squad, was in the game. Uh, Cam Taylor-Britt apparently told reporters, told, told Kelsey Conway, right, that, that he was going to play next week, as did we'll Mike see. Hilton. So we'll, we'll see, see about those guys. That's what they're saying in the locker sure. room. It's easy to say that after a game two versus yeah. let's see how you feel tomorrow and the next day and – you know. Definitely. Uh, Joseph Osai, at one point, creating havoc and, and gets a hit on Tom Brady, the leads to Jermaine Pratt's uh, interception. So a lot of guys, I think, st- stood up in the second half on that defense for the Bengals. And so giving it to the entire defense, yeah, that sounds about right, giving the Bengals all those drives starting deep in Buccaneers. I mean, they had two drives starting the red zone, I, right? I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many? How the, often does that happen? Well, they, yeah, they started in the six on the sixteen, and uh, let's see here, in the thirteen, yeah, sixteen and thirteen, they got yeah. ten points out of it, and, and 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 I will say that all of those turnovers, so the turnover on downs, field goal, fumble, uh, the interception, touchdown, fumble, touchdown, fumble again, touchdown. They did punt on that second interception, mm-hmm. but they already had a double digit lead at that point. I mean, they. You do have to cash in, and the Bengals certainly cashed in. They did have to uh, convert on fourth down, the, the one fourth down conversion, so they were able to do that as well. And Burrow had an up-and-down game. He did. It was more like down and up. I mean, he started the game pretty well. The the tip pass interception led to some, some sacks that I don't think he necessarily needed to have taken, but Lyle Collins, um, one of them just got run around. Uh, maybe Joe has to get rid of that ball. I would have to watch it again. Didn't look great for Collins on that play. Uh, then, then there was a stunt where probably Burrow needs to get rid of the ball. Um, but but finishes the game kind of making the most of what's out there, what's available to him. And this is a shout-out for the Tampa Bay team that I wanted to get to. They're secondary. I, I know that there were some complaints about holds, and, and probably correctly so, but Carlton Davis in particular, I mean, that's one of the best games I've seen from a corner against Jamar Chase. Hmm. The the way that Carlton Davis was sticking on Jamar Chase, I mean, breaking up a back shoulder from Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. Yeah. I mean, Rare. does that happen? That's, that's very, very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Not very many people in the league better at it, if anybody, than Jamar Chase catching that 
uh, particular throw from Joe Burrow and Carlton Davis was right there, gets a pass breakup. So some flowers for Carlton Davis in a losing effort for the other side, but was really good in this game. But in the second half, Burrow also had some pretty incredible throws. Uh, the touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd, far hash on the on the sideline. I mean, that's an incredibly difficult throw. Yep. Perfectly accurate, perfectly timed. Good, tu- good, good touchdown catch for uh, Tyler Boyd on the other end of it. Uh, the, the pass to Jamar Chase that gets called back. Uh, that sorry that the penalty didn't get thrown on where Jamar gets his face mask turned. I mean, he drops that in the bucket. That should have been a touchdown pass as well. So he, he had his moments. He found his way, I think, a little bit in the second half, had the finger injury. Hopefully that's okay. Showed up on the injury report this week with an elbow injury. So hopefully he's generally okay. It doesn't seem to slow him down too much. I would say his issues in this game when he did have them are more mental than physical, but uh, found his way in, in four touchdown passes. I mean, that's certainly doing enough. Score 31 points and a half. You're finishing the opportunities that the defense gave to you for the most part and and getting there. But we haven't seen a slow start it, like this for a while. No. And in the fact that they were able to to figure it out, huge. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it earlier in the show, but, but let's let's hit on it a little bit more. The fact that they go on uh, a seven minute drive, right? Start at their own uh what at their own 38 yard line i believe it was and and are able to go 13 plays 62 yards touchdown you just put the game i mean because there's nine minutes left the bucks are thinking all right let's get a quick stop you down two scores you got tom brady it was a pretty bad decision to punt on fourth and one but sure but i'm just saying that yeah by the way he he todd bowles did that two weeks ago and it worked which is insane because it was dumb Mm -hmm. then too yep but that's what they're thinking. And Burrow and the Bengals said, ah, we're actually going to keep this for 13 plays. And on the final one, we're going to give you the knockout blow. And that's, uh, that's really hard to do. Even if you are a really good, it's hard to do, but look across the league. And, uh, and they were able to do that. So huge props to this offense for that, especially they punched it in the red zone when they needed to with all the turnovers, but that drive at the end really, really helped. Cause there was no cam Taylor Britt, right? You don't have pressure on Brady. That there would have been a chance. It could have been a chance of uh, the Bucks f- finding a way to get back into it if they didn't do what they did. And they did find a way to get pressure in the second half. So I'm excited to go back and see what they did change. I think they were dropping guys a little bit more into coverage at times. There might have been some more twists thrown in there, some more kind of creepers where they're dropping guys out and sending other guys in their place. Going to be interesting to see what they did in the second half. The Tampa game plan on defense was also very interesting for the Bengals. There was a lot of zero cover, zero blitz look stuff. From the Bucks in this game that seemed to be working fairly well early on until the Bengals kind of sorted out some of that stuff. But to, to finish up the finishing out games conversation here and to finish up the show, uh, Chris Papa85 sent me a, a snippet of uh, Mike Sando article from earlier this week after they ran out the final three minutes and 43 seconds against the Browns. That was the fourth time this season Cincinnati took over while leading with at least three minutes left in the fourth quarter and didn't give the ball back since 2000, only the 2015 Colts and two thousand sorry, 2015 Seahawks and 2005 Colts have done that more times in a season, which was five. The Bengals didn't quite do that today because they scored a touchdown instead of just running the clock out there. They, they probably could have, or, or might have been able to do that in this game with like seven minutes left, eight minutes left in the game. 
Instead, uh, they, they get the touchdown to ice it, but pretty impressive. And I think underrated storyline. We haven't talked about it until this moment, the consistency with which this team has been able to close out games with a lead. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a trend at this point for this team. And, and they have the ability to do that. And that will be handy down the stretch, potentially, if they're protecting some leads and not playing from 17-point deficits in all of their games going forward we'll be back with more analysis of this game we'll get into the film as well this week before we turn our attention to the bengals trip to foxborough here on the lockdown bengals podcast until next time the 10 and 4 cincinnati bengals in first place in the afc north controlling their own destiny in the division at this point thanks for listening to the lockdown bengals podcast who day and have a good one